It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and <laughs> recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything will help. But what we're going to start this episode is, of course, Week 11 Breakdown. I'm going to talk about all the games, some interesting takes from it. I'm going to break down what I saw from every game. Now, of course, some breakdowns are going to be longer than others because some games... I didn't watch some games. It was just garbage. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it. Let's start with the Saints and Eagles. The Eagles beat the Saints 40-29. to 29. Now, again, quarterback is so important in this league. You know what I mean? Quarterback is the most important position in the league. Uh, and when you don't, when your quarterback is in flux, it shows. The Saints are a lot better than a team that lost to the Atlanta Falcons, a team that lost to the Eagles. Now, it is any given Sunday type situation, but Trevor Simeon, I mean, think about how the Saints went into this season. They went into this season thinking that they're going to have Taysom Hill, they're going to have Jameis Winston, they're going to have Mike, well, the Michael Thomas situation was kind of looming over them, but they had Alvin Kamara. They thought they were going to have all these pieces, and while their quarterback position was still in flux because they're so used to Drew Brees, you still have Jameis Winston, who, even though he'll give you 30 interceptions, he'll give you 30-plus touchdowns. You still have Taysom Hill, who you can use as a Wildcat package, who's more of an athlete. He's not a traditional quarterback, but he can make some plays. You look up now, and you have Trevor Simeon starting uh, as your quarterback. Uh, Alvin Kamara is out with injury. Michael Thomas is still out. In fact, he's out for the entire season. It's just a lot of things in flux. And, it, you know, you lose to the Eagles. And the Eagles, and, and this is what I said when I, when I did the predictions, I trust Jalen Hurts over Trevor Simeon. Now, do I think that Jalen Hurts is uh, – do I think Jalen Hurts is a franchise well a quarterback that can take your franchise to new heights no I don't but I will say this Jalen Hurts is a lot better than I thought coming out of college especially seeing as though he got benched pretty much for Tua Jalen Hurts has been better than what I expected I'll just give it to him um and he and he put on a hell of a performance on Sunday man uh, all be, and that's the thing he did it against a good Saints defense that's one thing that the Saints do have going for them is their defense you still have Cam Jordan their defense is still good so shouts out to to, to Jay now oh I saw this I saw the uh <laughs> I saw this uh, a graphic that was pretty much comparing Jalen Hurts to uh Lamar Jackson um their numbers were were the same but let's uh let's slow down that's <laughs> Let's slow down. Uh, Jalen Jalen Hurts is not Lamar Jackson, and I don't. It don't. It don't matter if you throw Jalen Hurts in Baltimore's um, offense. Jalen Hurts is not Lamar Jackson. Not not. And that's no disrespect to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts again has been a lot better than I thought he would. He's been he's been good for what he's been given. I mean, they're five and six. When you look in the beginning of the season after week one. He, 
you couldn't tell me that the Eagles were going to be sitting five and six. And a lot of that, most of that is due to the, the play of Jalen Hurts. So shouts out to the Eagles for beating the Saints 40 to 29. The Dolphins beat the Jets us uh, 24 to 17. I mean, it's, it's nothing to really, uh, okay. <laughs> this is one of those games where you don't really have to talk much about. I predicted this was going to happen. Not saying I'm like clairvoyant or anything, but I predicted this was going to happen. When you have going into this game, you know, I, I trust Tua over J Joe Flacco at this point of his career. And now it looks like Joe Flacco and I think Mike White are on the COVID list. So it looks like Zach Wilson will be coming back next week. Um, You know, those these are two bad teams. Now, it is and I say this week after week, it is surprising that the Dolphins are as bad as they are. Um, seeing as though a lot of people, including myself, thought that they could have at least some some talk about who was going to be in the playoffs, or they could they could position themselves to be one of the playoff teams in the AFC, especially with I thought this was going to be a down year for the Patriots, but the Dolphins have drastically underachieved this entire year. Now they did have a big win against the Ravens, uh, but outside of that, they don't really have a statement win. I mean. Again, they're four and seven. They should be better than I thought going to the season. They would be better than four and seven at this point in the, of the of the year. But you know, they beat the Jets. So shouts out. And again, don't let it fool you. The Jets defense still is not good. They're still not good. So, uh, shouts out to the Dolphins for beating the Jets twenty four to seventeen. Ah, oh, the game, man. This was this was the game I was looking forward to the most. Not because I'm a Washington fan. And that is, of course, Washington Panthers. Not because I'm a Washington fan. It's because Cam Newton's return to the Panthers. Now, I <laughs> it was fun. It was funny watching this game, man, because I felt myself on both ends of the spectrum. I was rooting for my team, Washington. Of course, you want your team to win. You know, you have Terry McLaurin. You want your team to win. I want I want my team to, you know, everyone going to the season wants their team to go, what, 17-0. and 0, So I wanted them to win. But on the other side, I was hoping and praying that Cam Newton balled out. I wanted Cam Newton. If This is one of those weeks where if Washington lost, I would not be upset. I wouldn't be. In fact, I'd be happy if they lost. I was happy that they won, but I would be happy if Washington lost because I – I wanted Cam Newton to succeed. You know, Cam Newton to me, and, and I'm one of those Cam Newton. I'm not a stan, but I'm a, I'm a I'm a Cam Newton defender. But I'm not blind. You know, I I am I'm one of those people that I will say, like we all know, Cam Newton's a, a, an incredible talent. We all know that Cam Newton is an incredible quarterback. We also all know, all know that Cam Newton has struggled with accuracy. We also know that in 2019. The year before, you know, after COVID with, um, what was it, 20, 2020, I apologize, 2020. In fact, he hasn't really been that good since 2015. He's had some some sparks, but he hasn't been that good enough to be really be considered a top quarterback in this league. But I think a lot of that, you know, whether it was the offensive line, whether it was COVID, because before COVID, Cam Newton was balling out for the Patriots. And then, of course, after it just it just never got right. So I am a Cam Newton supporter. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I'm not. I'm a Cam Newton supporter. However, I am realistic. And I do think that I understand 
the 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 direction that the Patriots went in releasing Cam Newton. I understand that. Uh, but that doesn't also mean that I don't think it I don't think it was right how it went down. I think that if you're going now, both sides you can kind of say made the right decision or is thriving in the decision that they made, seeing as though Cam is now with the uh, Panthers, a team that he's seen most of his success. In fact, the only other team he's been on. And the Patriots now are top of the NFC North, I believe, or NFC, yeah, top of top of their division with Mac Jones. So both the, both sides made the right decision, but I I, I didn't like the way that it, that that it went down. You know, Cam Newton to me didn't do. I, I understand the direction that you want to make, but I don't think that Cam Newton, especially in the preseason did enough to lose his job for the Patriots. Now, if you just look at what happened last year after COVID, I understand that. But if you're looking at, you know, the 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 preseason, I don't think he did enough to lose his job. So going to this game, you know, uh, going to this game on Sunday, I was excited, man. I was excited. Cam Newton looked really good in his limited minutes last week against the Arizona Cardinals. So I was excited to see what Cam Newton was going to do, you know, starting for the Panthers against Washington, a Washington team that has struggled all year defensively and lost their best defender in Chase Young to the season. And boy, I was, man, it was, I was excited. It was a great game. It was a great game. Shouts out to Washington. Washington did win 27 to 21. But Cam Newton balled out, man. He had three touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, one beautiful pass to Christian McCaffrey, one beautiful pass to DJ Moore. Uh, Cam Newton looked good. Cam Newton looked great. And but 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 Tyler Heineke looked good as well. He had a touchdown. He had he 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 made big plays on fourth down. Um, it was a good game to watch, man. It was a good game to watch. Now, moving forward. This game was more important because it kind of showed it kind of told me what happens moving forward. Do I think that Cam Newton is how in fact the, the question is how many years do I think that Cam Newton has left? Uh I, I think you you know you put him in the right situation. This is the first time, in fact, with the Panthers, that I think it's a balanced team. Now you can look and say, well, what ha- what about 2015? You know, Cam Newton won the MVP and you know, they went to the Super Bowl. Yes, but that team wasn't balanced. That team was incredibly good defensively. And offensively, they really just had Cam Newton. And they had uh, the running back. I forgot his name. I think they had Devin Funches, too. But they had they had the running back, which uh, his name is escaping me right now. But Jonathan Stewart. But the team wasn't balanced. They didn't. He didn't really have his offensive line was straight. But that's about it. Now, if you look up, their defense is still really good, even though they didn't. The defense didn't play their best on Sunday against Washington and Tyler Heineke. Their defense is really good, and offensively, now you have a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Now you have DJ Moore. Now you have Robbie Anderson. You have really good pieces, and this was the problem that you saw with uh, with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold couldn't couldn't make those plays now. The game did come down to Cam Newton not being able to convert, uh, or let me say, the Carolina Panthers not being able to convert on a third and three, but Cam Newton made big play after big play, and the fact that his running ability, 
was able to play a factor and it got Christian McCaffrey open. It got DJ DJ Moore open. It got Robbie Anderson open. That's going to play big moving forward. And now do I think that Cam Newton could be the starter for 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 the rest of the season probably? Do I think that Cam Newton can be the starter moving forward? I don't know. You know, a lot of people is like he's not a do I think that he is a four or five year plan? I don't know. I don't know, you know, if Cam Newton's body can hold up that long because he's dealt with injuries for a for majority of his career. But do I think that you have something good in Cam right now? Yes, I do. I think they have a spark. Cam Newton looks good. Cam Newton looked great on Sunday. And we'll just have to see what happens moving forward, you know? And on the Washington side of the ball, man, they they look good. Tyler, I still have my reservations if Tyler Heineke is a quality starting quarterback. He's starting right now, and he, you know, he's he's been good in times. There are other times where he hasn't been good, but you know, he he did what he was supposed to do. He made big plays down the down down the stretch. He made big plays on fourth down, and you know. Washington, it was a good, it was a fun game to watch. It was a fun game to watch. It was a great game. I enjoyed watching Cam Ball. I enjoyed watching Washington uh, Ball. I, You know, it, it was good. And uh, shouts out to Washington for beating Carolina 21 or 27 to 21. There's always a, there, there, the NFL is, is weird, man. The NFL is weird because, again, it's, there's usually a week or two where everything just just doesn't doesn't make sense, you know. Uh, that's happened a couple times this year, and this week was one was or you know Sunday was definitely one of those weeks. And I'm talking about the Colts destroy, you know, the Colts destroyed the Bills, forty-one to fifteen. Now a conversation that has spiraled around this game is should Jonathan Taylor, who was the running back for the Colts, be considered for the MVP? Here's why I know he's not going to have consideration for the MVP. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor has been incredible this year. With Derrick Henry being out, he has been undoubtedly the best running back in the league since, you know, with Derrick Henry being out. On Sunday, he had five touchdowns. He's been incredible. He's been great in the passing game. He's been great in the running game. Jonathan Taylor has been, you know, he's been good for a while. He's been like the 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 NF or the Colts best secret. But now that you know, he's kinda he's kinda exploded out the gate and and with Derrick Henry being out, he's getting more of attention. But here's how I know He's not going to get consideration for MVP. Should he? Should he? Let's 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 start there. Should he have consideration for MVP? Of course. The Colts would not would not be six and five if it wasn't for the play of Jonathan Taylor. Now, of course, I'm not saying it was all Jonathan Taylor. The defense has been really good. Carson Wentz hasn't turned the ball over as much as he's prone to. But Jonathan Taylor has been the 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 driving force for the the Colts. But the reason why I know he's not going to get or the reason why I know that he's not really going to be considered uh, for the MVP is it's really two things. One, because they have an award called the Offensive Player of the Year. 
more than likely, usually, the 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 MVP of the league is usually a quarterback. So you think to yourself, what size the ball does the quarterback play on offense, right? So why would they have an MVP and usually the offensive player of the year is not the MVP if the MVP is a quarterback? They did this for 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 pretty much one reason. To give another position the spotlight. Which is why I usually see a running back or a wide receiver win the offensive player of the year. And while Jonathan Taylor deserves to be in the MVP discussion, he won't be good. And this isn't even Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry rushed for over what, or 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 had one of the one of the statistically one of the greatest running back seasons last year. Didn't win MVP. It went to Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers didn't deserve it, but Derrick Henry had one of the greatest rushing years of wide of running back ever had. Didn't win it. A couple years ago, Chris McCaffrey had one of the best. Running uh, best statistical years a running back has ever had did not win the MVP. Won the offensive rookie of the year. Derrick Henry won the offensive rookie of the year. Jonathan Taylor deserves, and and, and you're going to hear a lot of media people uh, say that you know he's front runner for MVP. No, he's not. He's not because of how this game goes, how the how the politics go. They're going to give it to a quarterback, even though he may deserve to be you know, in the running, he's not going to win, unfortunately. I think that he, you know, if it wasn't for him or or in, in large part of it wasn't for Jonathan Taylor, the Colts would not be where they are at all. But that doesn't take away from how good he's been this year and how, you know, the the Colts are on a roll. And this defense, you know, led by Don, uh, Darius Leonard and, and DeForest Buckner have been incredible. And... I I I pretty much crap on the Colts when they're bad, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give them praise when they're good. The Colts have been good. The Colts are one of those teams that you do not want to face if they sneak into the playoffs. If they get into the playoffs, the Colts, you know, with, with the they they have a physical a physical defense, and you have a physical running back in Jonathan Taylor. You have a quarterback who can go off in any minute, which is Carson Wentz. Like that's not a team that you want to face in the playoffs. So, shouts out to the Colts, man. And for the Bills, you know, f- this entire season, I've been saying that the Bills are, this is the first time they're pretty much equal. As far as, you know, last year, their offense was incredible. It's just their defense was was pretty bad. This year, their defense has been incredible. And I thought, you know, looking at what we saw from last year, they caught up and this would be the team to beat. But you look at the you look at the six and four Bills, and while you look at their record and saying, okay, they're six and four, you know they're still they're still pretty good. Um, there's something wrong with the Bills, and and it's and surprisingly, it's their offense. I don't know what it is, man. It's but Jonathan Allen hasn't really been good this year. He's had moments, you know, when he's destroying people. He's on. He looked incredible against the Chiefs. He looked incredible against Washington. But you got to think those defenses are pretty bad. When you're pl- when he plays against a good team, a good defense, he hasn't played well. And I don't know his connection with Stefan Diggs hasn't been as as uh 
automatic as it was last year. His connection with Emmanuel Sanders hasn't been that great. Uh, this off, there's just something wrong with it. I think that there was a lot of expect. In fact, I know there was a lot of expectations going into this year for the Bills. You know, they made it to the AFC Championship last year, and you thought with the moves that they made defensively, and and of course how they started the season outside of the first game, you thought they would be good, and they just haven't. They their defense. Sometimes you're not. I mean, of course you can say you're as good as your record. And, you you know, they're as good as six wins. But sometimes you have to look deeper in that. And the Bills haven't played that well. The I mean, you lost, they lost to the Titans. They lost to the Colts. Two physical teams. And I, I do I think that, you know, they can't rectify it, of course. But I think they can. But I just think they haven't, you know, Josh Allen hasn't been right. And until, you know, him with if that connection the connection that him Stefan Diggs and his receivers had last year just hasn't been there and I don't know man it's I do think that if the Bills play like the Bills have been playing especially with teams like the Chiefs uh uh pretty much coming back to life the Patriots of uh, the Ravens maybe this team is not going to make it to where they want to and that is of course the Super Bowl so um Shout out to the Colts and the, the Bills need to get it together, especially with this the the season, you know, kind of roaring down and 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 they don't want to have these problems going to the playoffs. So oh, the the biggest, you know, the biggest story comes from the game that shouldn't have been the most important, and that was the Lions losing yet again to the Browns uh 13 to th- 13 to 10. So the biggest, pretty much the biggest story, not even just out, the biggest story coming out of this NFL weekend was Baker Mayfield. And I told you guys this. I said, break the, the worst thing that could have happened to Baker Mayfield was his backup winning a game with him out. And then when he comes back, he loses to the, to the Steelers. And then, of course, you have the whole whole Odell Beckham thing going on. And Baker Mayfield did not play good. He, In fact, he hasn't really played good for a while. And one thing I know about people that have gone through something, right, or people that have endured long bouts of uh, toughness, long bouts of... uh, tough situations is they try to cling on to anything that looks promising. All right. The Cleveland Browns, we all know, and it's, it's been a running joke for the longest, but we all know the history of the Cleveland Browns quarterback uh, situation, you can say. And <sighs> Baker Mayfield won a playoff game. Playoff game pretty handedly against the the Steelers at the Steelers, and Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying he's garbage. He's he's not garbage, but again, there's a difference. Just because a a a team 
deems you a franchise quarterback or picks you high in the draft, i.e. the number one overall pick, doesn't automatically mean that you are the right guy for the franchise. Does that mean that your career is over? Does that mean that your career is sorry? No, i.e. look at Ryan Tannehill. It did not work at all in Miami. You go to the Titans, look at Ryan Tannehill. The media, the 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 fans, the media in in Cleveland, it seems like they're starting to turn on Baker, and Baker's firing back. I mean, the comments that he made with the fans, you know, I think a reporter asked him, "How do you feel about the fans booing?" And he says something like, "These are the same fans that aren't, you know, doesn't stop talking, doesn't stop making noise on our offensive uh, plays." He's pretty much firing back at the fans. And once that starts to happen, you know that it's it's not long before uh, there's possibly a breakup. I don't know. But all I know is it's tough, man. It's tough when the, the fan, it seems like he's losing the fan base because of The Browns quarterback position has has been horrible, man. And the fact that you have a quarterback that you draft number one and that won a playoff game has had some mild success. And it's like you expect more. And he has especially when you when you ship Odell Beckham out of town and you get nothing for him because you just release him. It's like the the fans want more from Baker and. I think that it seems like Baker as at at least has hit a hit a hit a ceiling, and because we now now I do think that his injury could play a big part in that, and because of that, I think it would be smart for you to shut down Baker Mayfield. You know, it, clearly his arm's not right. Clearly he's still hurting. And to to save him from himself and to preserve him moving forward, because at this point, even with a healthy Baker Mayfield, and and I said this before with the seasons, you know, before the season started, the Browns are only going to go as far as Baker Mayfield takes them. And as we've seen, even with a Baker Mayf- healthy Baker Mayfield this year, it doesn't seem like he's going to take them, you know, to the promised land. So why sacrifice? your asset and the number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield if they're not going anywhere. Their defense, especially their secondary, still has problems. Um, it So I don't – I'm not saying move off Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying that is the time. I'm also not saying that Baker Mayfield is not the, the, the option moving forward, but I do think that the fans are turning on Baker Mayfield and do not let – I think it's 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 a it's a tense relationship between Baker Mayfield and the fans right now in the in the Cleveland media, especially when the Browns, who a lot of people kind of like the Dolphins, a lot of people thought had playoff aspirations, and a lot of people like myself thought they were good enough. At least the roster was good enough to at least make some noise about a playoff. I mean, about a Super Bowl. And now you look up. And they very well may not even make the playoffs at six and five at this point. But do boy, oh boy, 
there's already is already a tense relationship between Baker Mayfield and the 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 fan base. You already lost to the uh, Steelers. Do not let boy let them lose to the Ravens on Sunday. Let let them lose to the Ravens on Sunday, and see just how uh see just how loyal how 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 irritated that fan base is. So you know, that's that's that man. That's that. Uh, the 49ers beat the beat the Jaguars um thirty thirty to ten. Debo Samuel's yet again is having an incredible season. Uh, very inc- and and hey, you know Jimmy Garoppolo just had to be that good. You know he he didn't have to do much. Again, Debo's look good, and that's the Forty Nine ers is yet another team that um kind of underachieving this year. Uh, seeing as though they're five and five, and if you look at their record, they should be a lot better than that. But you know. But shout out to the 49ers. Another game that just didn't make any sense is the Texans that are now two and eight beat the Titans twenty-two to thirteen. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor, man. Tyrod Taylor came back and balled out. And the Titans that we saw, the Titans that we saw on Sunday were the Titans that I thought we would see. You know, Ryan, Ten- you know, you for- Ryan Tannehill. I think have four picks. You force him. You force this team to have to do something that they did not go into the season expecting to do. And when you take out somebody as pivotal to their team's success as Derrick Henry, it's, it's it's tough. It's definitely tough. And you're forcing now Ryan Tannehill to do something that he was not expecting to do. Uh, and maybe, I'm not saying he's not good, but maybe he, he's not, he hasn't, he hasn't been one of those quarterbacks where you can depend on as far as he can carry a team for you. He's been more of a supplementary piece than a, you know, a a main cog. And that had that main cog has been Derrick Henry. Hell, the Titans just released Adrian Peterson. So, um, you know, it, it shouts out to the the Texans. The Texans it's, I, I thought they were gonna lose. I thought they were gonna destroy it. But, you know, it, it it's the, the the Titans that I thought we were gonna see after Derrick Henry goes went out is the Titans that we saw on Sunday. So um the Vikings beat Green Bay thirty four to thirty one. Uh Aaron Rodgers ball like shouts let me out to the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins played incredible. Justin Jefferson played good. Uh, this is the doll. The Vikings is, an, is a team, another team that you would not want to face in the playoffs right now. When you have Del, you they can beat you from a lot of areas. I mean, if Kirk Cousins is on, he can beat you with Delvin Cook. You can beat you with Justin Jefferson. You can beat you with um with uh Adam Thielen. And while their defense is not the best, they still can get to the quarterback. Now they're not great in. They're not great anywhere else, but they can still rush the quarterback pretty good. Uh, now, the Packers were down a lot of players, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But and Aaron Rodgers balled out, bro. Like it, it, this this loss was not at fault to Aaron Rodgers. It was just the Vikings capitalized on players being out, and you know, Kurt Cousins came the ball too. So, you know, shouts out to the Vikings. And I don't think that you know this derails the Packers. It's just a loss. So. I think uh, the Ravens beat the Browns or the Bears. I'm sorry. Ravens beat the Bears 16 to 13. I think that this was probably 
the biggest uh, and and more surprising law uh, win slash loss of the year, um, because for the, for a while I had Lamar Jackson in the MVP race because of what he's had to overcome and what he's what he's done with the team and or what he's done you know what he's had and one thing that I I guess you could say worried about was is this team too dependent on Lamar Jackson and kind of like how the Texans are very dependent on or the Titans I'm sorry is very dependent on Derrick Henry so with Lamar Jackson being out with an illness now for, side note man why does Lamar Jackson keep having these illnesses that aren't COVID related man like this is this is the first game that he's missed with that uh illness but he it seems like damn near every Wednesday I see an alert saying he's out of practice due to end, uh, an illness but the Ravens, you know, you're down all, you know, we know about their injury history from the running backs to the defense uh, to the offensive line. We know about their injury history and the fact that uh, Brent Hundley was able to come in who looked like a spitting image of uh, Lamar Jackson on Sunday and beat a Bears team that had Justin Fields, even though he did go out with rib injury. Um, that was that was a huge win for the Ravens. And that to me. And, and you're even seeing it, man. Now you're seeing the stories talking about Matt Nagy, the coach of the Brown or Bears, could be out by Chris by things after Thanksgiving, man. Uh, yeah, man, you don't lose to a team that is so dependent that don't does not have their starting quarterback in Lamar Jackson with a quarterback in Brett Hundley who isn't really a quarterback that is he's not really proven outside of the 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 preseason. That's a bad loss. That was a horrible loss for the Bears. And that's why you're seeing Matt Nagy might be out. So, you know. Um, the Bengals destroyed the Raiders 32-13. to 13. The Raiders are just on a downfall, man. Like, And this always happens. This always happens. And I was one of the people who said, yo, just hold off. Wait for the Raiders. Now, I didn't know what was going to happen with Aaron uh, Gruden. I didn't know what was going to happen with Henry Ruggs. I didn't know. I think the other uh, was a wide receiver. I didn't know what was what was hap- going to happen with them. Or I didn't know what happened with them was going to happen. But this just this team is on a downtrod, man. Like, and, and they're, they're falling fast and that's nothing against the Bengals. You know, Joe Burrow did his thing. Jamar chase got back in the, uh, touchdown column, which he hadn't seen in maybe a week or two, but boy, the Raiders, man, I don't, their cars look bad. You have Darren Waller, but they're struggling to get it to him. Josh Jacobs doesn't even look like that good of a back anymore. Like, the Raiders are on a downslope and fast, man. So, and it and it happens. It usually happens towards the middle or the end of the year. So I don't know why I, I sound so surprised because I'm not, but that's that's just what's happening. So, shouts out to the Bengals, another team that's on a downslide. And I kind of saw this one coming. Was is the Seahawks, man? So the Carolina uh, Cardinals beat the Seahawks twenty three to thirteen, and I'm not putting this at at Seattle I'm not putting this all on Russell Wilson even though Russell Wilson is still you know trying to get his legs back under him come back after the finger injury uh and missing what three weeks uh but 
this team is so predictable. This not only this team is predictable. This team is 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 too old fashioned. Like you you know playing uh, playing the Seahawks and Pete Carroll team, what you're gonna get? You're gonna get a lot of runs. You're gonna get Russell Wilson trying to throw deep bombs. You're gonna get DK Metcalf just not being dropping bet dropping passes that he should he should be catching. Tyler Lockett is a deep bet. Like this team is so one dimensional at this point. And it's like I don't know where you go from there. They're not gonna get rid of Pete Carroll. And it's it's kinda like um this is why I compared Russell Wilson to uh to Damian Lillard, because it's hard for me moving forward to see a Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson too much longer. And it's hard for me to see the Portland Trailblazers with Damian Lillard. Now I understand if you want to stay because of loyalty, do your thing. But if you want the best chance to win, it don't seem like the Seattle Seahawks or Damian or the Portland Trailblazers are the best places for Russell Wilson or Damian Lillard. And I mean, the Cardinals, the Cardinals didn't even have they they did not have, they had Colt McCoy. They didn't have Kyler Murray. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And you had Colt McCoy and Zach Ertz look like <laughs> look like Patrick Mahomes and. And Travis Kelsey, man, they were going crazy. And John and and James Conner looked like Jonathan Taylor. So it's you see, I don't know where they go from here. I really don't. One of the probably the most anticipated game of the year or not year of the of the week was the Chiefs and the Cowboys, and it didn't meet it didn't meet up to expectations. It was a good game though. The Chiefs beat the Cowboys uh, nineteen to nine, and honestly, this was a defensive game. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, I, he didn't score, uh, but it was it was a defensive game. Chris Jones was wreaking havoc on Dak Prescott. Man, uh, he threw an interception and fumbled the ball. Uh, Patrick Mahomes fumbled the ball. Uh, now, Tyron Smith was out. Amari Cooper was out. You did lose um, uh, C.D. Lamb at halftime. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was out for a couple drives, but you know the Chiefs. And this is what this is what I was saying moving forward. It's like, or this is what I was saying on last episode. When you look at the quality of players that the Cowboys have played, they haven't played really top-notch quarterbacks outside of. You know, Justin Herbert, who they damn near lost. In fact, they should have lost to if it wasn't for two taunting penalties. And uh, Tom Brady, who they lost to. They haven't really played that much, you know, that caliber of a team, of, of, of a quarterback or player or team. And while I'm not taking away from anything because your record is your record, you're seven and three, I thought they were, you know, this would be a big test for them, seeing as though you have Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. And Patrick Mahomes had a good game, even though he didn't have the greatest game. It was it was most of the defense against Chris Jones was was playing out of his mind. Uh, Tyron Matthew was playing good. So, you know, it, it was a defensive game and the Chiefs prevailed. I don't think that you should get if you're on the, the Cowboy bandwagon, I don't think that you should get off that. Uh, and I do think the Chiefs now are, are starting to, you know, they, they picked up the pace. And, and they're starting to look really good, but I don't think that you should just abandon the Cowboys. Uh, I think that they, you know, I think this they'll be okay. You know, again, Amari Cooper is supposed to be coming back. Uh, 
there um, a lot of their players on the defense. Randy, Randy Gregory is supposed to be coming back. Demarcus Lawrence is supposed to be coming back. Uh, Tyron Smith is supposed to be coming back. So you, you know, so once they get fully healthy again, I think they'll be good. So, but you know, the char- the Chargers beat the the Steelers forty one to seven. Oh, they're forty one to thirty seven. I'm sorry. Now, you can look at this. You can look at this two ways. You can look at it as well. Um, the 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 Steelers were out uh, their three best defenders and well, three of their four best defenders in T.J. Watt, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Joe Hayden. And Justin Justin Herbert had a field day on that defense, or you can look at it as. Justin Herbert had the field on that defense, and the 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 Colt. I mean, the Chargers were collapsing in the fourth quarter. Now, of course, if it wasn't for a big play, you know, at the end with Mike Evans or Mike uh, Mike Williams getting that touchdown, the, the Steelers probably would have won this game. But just yet, and, and it was crazy watching this game. You see the stark difference between Justin Herbert and uh, Big Ben. Like, Big Ben just isn't, to me, Big Ben isn't really a quality starting quarterback anymore. And Justin Herbert is. And it just just looks starkly different. Like, they look staunchly different. And, you know, that's how it is. The Steelers, to me, are moving. The Steelers and the Chargers are moving in two completely different directions. It's kind of like that uh, State Farm commercial when you had – you know, Chris Paul going a one going down one side of the escalator, and I think Steph Curry going on another side. It's like there's just two completely different directions, uh, especially when we talk about the quarterback position. So, but hey, and the the on Monday Night Football, the Bucks beat or destroyed the Giants, uh, thirty to ten. And this kind of goes back to the Baker Mayfield conversation that we had. You know, when you hit on something or when you pick something, you want that to be it. Like you're you're married to that, man. And sometimes the writing's on the wall, but you don't want to give up. Daniel Jones is not the guy. Is Daniel Jones bad? No. But is Daniel, you know what? Daniel Jones is not that good. But it's not just Daniel Jones. Now they did fire the the Giants did fire um, Jason Garrett, which I don't understand why you hired Jason Garrett, uh, seeing as though you know his track record in Dallas. But you fired Jason Garrett. But this is bigger than you know what the episode I did a while ago when uh, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden, not John, Jay Gruden was fired from Washington. And I titled that episode Band-Aid over a uh Band-Aid over a broken arm. A band-aid don't do now, of course you can have a, a cast and everything, but a cast is not a band-aid. A band-aid is not doing anything to a broken arm. Yes, you can fire who you want to fire. You can fire um Jason Garrett you can you can get rid of Daniel Jones you hired Joe Judge you can get rid of him 
But who is the people making these decisions? And that's David Gettleman. And and until David Gettleman is gone, the Giants are going to suck. Until Dan Snyder is gone, the Washington is not going to reach the heights that they're hoping to reach. I mean, just look back at the, look back at the drafts, uh, at the picks that he did in the draft. Bro, Hernandez, the same person, the same center that he drafted, that David Gettleman drafted with Saquon Barkley, continued to 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 get called for holding calls on Monday. He is not a good center, or he's not a good guard. I'm sorry. Outside of what, uh, Kadarius Tony and um. What's his name? Uh, Saquon Barkley. Who have they really? And remember when he said, remember when David Gettleman said that Saquon Barkley was touched by the hand of God? Yet and still, this is saying Saquon Barkley who continuously gets hurt, unfortunately. Oh, man. Until until something happens up top, like until David Gettleman's gone or David Gettleman is gone or relinquishes some of his power, which it doesn't seem like he's going to do giants are going to suck that's just how it is and that's how it's going to be so but there you have it man that's been a you know my week 11 breakdown so let's move forward uh the big the biggest thing the biggest news that happened in the nba was um lebron you know the big uh scuffle uh, against the LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart uh, Lakers and Pistons, LeBron James had a you know elbow to Isaiah Stewart's eye. Isaiah Stewart started leaking and was trying to go at LeBron. This isn't that big of a story. Um, LeBron was suspended one game. Isaiah Stewart was suspended two games. Le- LeBron James is not a dirty player. I don't think LeBron James is a dirty player at all. LeBron James hasn't shown a track record of a dirty player. But to me, he he meant to do that. I don't think he meant to hit Isaiah Stewart's eye as far as the whole elbow. But I do think that, you know, Isaiah Stewart's on like, yo, get up off me. And people you would, would throw an elbow. I think he was a little upset with they were down against the Pistons. Um, and I do think he meant to throw the elbow. Do I think he meant to hit him in the face or in the eye? No. Uh, I was more. I, I wasn't surprised that LeBron James or Isaiah Stewart got suspended. I wasn't surprised. I was more surprised at the fact that Isaiah Stewart got suspended two games. You, once the once the you thought it was you know calm down and 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 you thought Isaiah Stewart was walking to the bench, you thought it was de-escalated. The man turns around and just starts bulldozing people. The memes coming out of that is hilarious. But I thought that he was going to get a little more than two games. I thought maybe it was going to be three, four, maybe five. Because again, it was going. You don't. The last thing you want is a whole malice in the palace situation. And while I I know it wasn't the malice in the palace situation happened or escalated quickly due to the fans and you know how the fans were were in, into in, interjecting themselves into you know into the situation. That's not what we saw this time. And of course, the league didn't want that to happen, especially with the whole incident happening in Detroit. But I thought, you know, with him bulldozing, uh, you know, team team doctors and 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 team 
team coaches, you know, I thought he was going to get suspended a little more than two games. I'm not upset with the suspension. I do think that, you know, LeBron James did mean to to throw the elbow. I don't think he meant to hit him in the eye. Uh, and it is what it is. So I don't, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> also, a big story that is a big story that a lot of people aren't really talking about is Michael Porter Jr. right now. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is out. Uh, for I guess indefinitely because he's having uh, nerve issues um, I think in his back and this is huge this is huge for a couple reasons one is huge because Michael Porter Jr. is a huge factor and a huge part of what Denver is doing right now especially with, with Jamal Murray being out Michael Porter Jr. is pretty much the only player on the roster that can really put the ball on the ground and create his own bucket, like, consistently. Not saying he's the best player, because we all know that's Nicole Jokic and by a country mile on that team. But Michael Porter Jr. is huge as far as he's supposed to be able. He is. He has been uh, pretty much the 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 plug that keeps the, the ship afloat. Until Jamal Murray uh, keeps the offensive ship, especially when we talk about creating your own shot. And, hell, the Nuggets paid him so much money because they knew that they were going to need him. But this is big because, again, this could definitely hinder not only uh, the positioning that the, the, the Nuggets can see in the, in the conference, but moving forward you don't you're not going to get Jamal Murray back until the end of the season and that's going to be tough if you if you even get him back this year another thing is it's like a cautionary thing man you know one of the things that I've always said when we watch hoop mixtapes right I always said if all you're seeing in the first minute and 30 seconds are dunks this guy is not that talented yeah, he's athletic as hell, but if all you're seeing in the first minute and 30 seconds is straight dunks, then you know what you're getting. You're you're getting more of a seventh wood than you are a quality player, and that's no that is a shot at seventh wood, but that is truth. Michael Porter, there's a reason why Marco, Mar, Michael Porter Jr. slid as far as he did in the draft. You you remember going into the draft, man? Or before the season, the the college season, he was he was supposed to go number one and, and fairly easily. Like it was not really a question of who was going to go number one. And then of course the injury started piling up at, at Missouri, and it always scares me when you're getting injured young. Hell, uh, uh, Charles Barkley said it: "You're not supposed to get injured young." It always it, it always you know Zion dealt with injuries young. And now we're seeing he's having a weight problem. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. dealt with injuries in college. And now we're seeing that it's starting to matriculate in, in, in the NBA. So this is big. Because, and nerve issues ain't something that usually just up and up and changes. You know, when people say you have nerve damage, that usually affects your life. Um, I hope that, you know, it's not as serious as they're reporting. But this could be a huge blow, not only for... Uh, the Nuggets now, but the Nuggets and Michael Porter Jr. moving forward. So 
I hope, you know, nothing but the best. It's, you know, it sucks. So moving forward on Saturday, we saw Terrence Crawford uh, beat Sean, Sean Porter uh, in like the 10th round. I know Sean Porter's father uh, threw in the towel. And that's kind of where what what the what the story is. Sean Porter was not winning that fight. All right. He wasn't winning the fight at all. It was a good fight. Don't get me wrong. It was a good fight. It was a very competitive fight. But Sean Porter was not winning that fight. The problem is when his father threw the towel and it wasn't like he was getting ugly. Yes, Sean, Sean Porter hit the hit the canvas. Um, and but he, he got back up. It wasn't getting ugly yet. It could have, but it wasn't. Now, it was the 10th round, everything. But the controversy is, you know, now you you heard now his his father went crazy at the press conference talking about my son's not ready and he didn't practice like I wanted him to practice and or prepare like I wanted him to prepare and uh you know sometimes they're hard headed and he was just going crazy but I don't know man I don't think that I just think he could have went a little longer do I think that he was winning the fight no do I think that he would have won the fight who knows I mean he could have he could have hit Terrence Crawford with a with a with a sneaky one. I don't know. I, I doubt that would have happened, but you don't ever know. Sean Porter did after the fight retire. Um, and you know, Sean Porter is he's in, he finished his career what thirty one four and one, uh, seventeen knockouts. You know, he he's a two time weatherweight champion. He's one of the he what he did. The thing I like about Sean Porter is he fought against some of the best competition in in the weatherweight division you know we talk about terrence crawford and shout out to terrence crawford for winning but a lot of people saying that terrence crawford hasn't really fought the big names he hasn't fought the earl spences yet um now a lot of that is due to politics and you know contracts and everything but sean porter he fought from manny to, to he fought everyone all the big names and even though he did lose four times you know, Sean Porter will go down as one of the best fighters, especially in weatherweight, welterweight, I'm sorry, because he didn't duck any type of smoke. Hell, he fought Terrence Crawford at the height of Terrence Crawford right now. So I, w- I was a little like, damn, like, why would the father just throwing the- his father doing any and, and it wasn't like Sean Porter was dazed and confused or anything. He was still coherent. I was it was a to me, it was a very early uh, towel throw, but. It is what it is. So, but shouts out to Terrence Crawford for beating Sean Porter, and shouts out for Sean Porter for incredible career, man, uh, and being able to retire even though you didn't win your last fight, retire, uh, you know, with with the right mind and 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 the right headspace. So, shouts out to you, man. And lastly, before we go, Dan Mullen is out again, man. Dan Mullen is out as the Florida head coach. Florida has been awful this year, like awful, awful. And the last, bro, there's places where you can be bad at. There's places that are, 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 are more port patient with you. There's places that you can have a couple of bad seasons and they're good. Hell, i.e. look at Nebraska. <laughs> look, at, look at Nebraska. Nebraska ain't been good for a while now. Their head coach may be out, but Nebraska ain't been, ain't been good for, for a minute. But it is what it is. Florida is not one of them places. Florida, LSU, you see Ed Orgeron's out at the end of the season, and now Dan Mullen's out. Dan Mullen has not been good, and Florida down south teams, hell, 
down south teams are not they're not patient at all especially a team that was projected to be as good as you know they're 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 a lot they were projected to be a lot better as, as in florida as they were i mean florida look at the start of the season to where they are now and it's it's crazy to me man uh but hey it's, it's not crazy to me that dan mullen's out it's crazy to me of how different they play now than they did in the beginning of the season uh but you know dan mullen is out oh and shouts out to uh franklin shouts out to franklin um penn state coach for getting a 10 years extension man he 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 definitely did james franklin he definitely deserves it man definitely deserves it i want to shout i want to shout that out as dan mullen goes franklin is staying so shouts out to y'all man and I think Dan Mullins, he's definitely probably going to get a, a coordinator job again, but um, it's over with for Florida. So, and there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast, man. If you want your Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, long sleeves, sweaters, uh, joggers, the link is in the description below, man. I have multiple different designs, multiple different colors. Go get your merch today. Hey, it's getting cold outside. Today, it was like 30 degrees. Yesterday, it was like 29 degrees. The day before that, it was like 41 degrees. The day before that, it was like 70. But then before that, it was like 50, It was like 40 Go get your go get your unpopular podcast hoodie today. Go get that, man. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything to help. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys, and until next time, much love. Shadow and violent sin Never knew the search would be within Drew a picture of my only desire Take me back to black skin mine I thought my car saw the sun until it was too late and oh drew my loneliness chasing every last high take me back to black skin mile I never met a madman so that I didn't see reflections of that which I 
black skin. 